and welcome to the Savage Beast Podcast. I'm Joe Gallagher, and with me, as always, uh, taking shirtless selfies in line for Five Guys, it's Paul McLeod. <laughs> I did eat Five Guys today, and I have no shirt on right now, so um, let me get out my camera. <laughs> uh, it's all about that sensual fry picture. <laughs> Indeed. Um, that was uh, Really Doe by Danny Brown featuring Kendrick Lamar, Absol, and Earl Sweatshirt, none of whom you heard in that clip. <laughs> Just featuring every good uh, rapper there is, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I think my favorite track on most rap albums is the, uh, uh, I got all the awesome rappers my budget allowed and uh, we went crazy without really, actually there is a hook on that song, but uh Mostly it's about the verses. Yes. Um, when I saw him play it live, he really just sang his verse and then moved on to the next song. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to, as much as I love Danny Brown and as awesome as he is, I wouldn't want to hear him try to do Kendrick Lamar. That would be um, odd. <laughs> um, yeah, I need to see Danny Brown live. Yes, you do. Uh, he's, yeah. uh, he's very Danny Brown. Yeah, uh, you may recall I tried to initiate a movement to go uh, watch him the night of your rehearsal dinner for your uh, wedding in 2012, but um, uh, that wasn't going to happen for lots of good reasons. Wow, wow, I I am impressed. Um, <laughs> uh, not surprised though, not surprised. Um, but uh. Uh, I don't, don't let that discourage you from going to see him in the future. No, indeed. So this is our best of Q3, uh, maybe two weeks later than we yes, should have done it. Yes, it's Hot Tapes Part 3. Part part Trois. Tres Amigos. <laughs> uh, the, the three friends being you, me, and these excellent albums. Yeah, it, totally. Um, so that was from, uh, Danny Brown's atrocity exhibition, which we both have on our lists. Yes. This is one of our, um, dual choices, uh, for uh, best album of the quarter. Um, are we considering these the best albums of the year? Are we going to totally redo the list when we get to that point? I mean, we should redo the list in true critical style where, uh, things change inexplicably, but, um, uh, I mean, probably when we set down to do the best of the year, uh, my my list will draw very heavily from my quarterly lists, um, which well, is part of why I like doing these, because I won't have to go back through <laughs> 200 albums when it's time for that. Um, well, uh, this is doubtless one of the best albums of the year. Uh, no question. Fantastic hip hop album. Uh, Danny Brown really, uh, I think, cashed in on his weirdness to bring us um, what might be a experimental mainstream hip-hop album. I was going to make a similar point, yes. Uh, and uh, he, um, it's named after a Joy Division song, uh, mm. and it follows a very poetic path through a variety of um, sample genres uh, and really um, tries to... Uh, just go back to that word experiment experimentation uh, it really tries to uh find new places to put uh danny's unique voice and uh his uh nerdy swagger <laughs> totally 
Um, I think what I love most about uh, this album, or, or what really stands out to me about it, is that um, uh, you know Danny uh, absolutely lives into all the uh, tropes that have um, dominated rap since the days of I don't know Two Live Crew and N.W.A. of just utter filth and um, <laughs> uh, unending, uh, unflinching uh, portrayal of uh, the horror of inner city life. But with Danny Brown, um, you know, there's always like a, there's always a, a little bit of a push and pull between um, feeling horror at these things and also feeling, uh, expressing pride in uh, succeeding and surviving in such an environment. Mm-hmm. I think with a lot of gangster rap, um, some of the ambivalence that you might expect doesn't always come through. Like, it's just like, yeah, I uh, like, like think of somebody like, even smart rappers like uh, Wu Tang Clan, uh, uh, not expatriates, but alumni, alumni, you know, they like revel in the gangsta stuff. Um, whereas Danny Brown does, I think, a better job than I can ever remember encountering of uh, pulling out, uh, just making you expressing <clears throat> both of the allure of <laughs> leading a dissipated and uh, drug-fueled and sex-crazy <laughs> and violent lifestyle, but also the horror of that as well. I mean, he is he's really ambivalent about it, but it also doesn't stop him from, from you know, having a song about how great marijuana is uh, for his life. So um, uh, it's definitely the most complex look at that, at coming from that background that I think uh, I can uh, think of. And then you combine that um, sophisticated lyrical treatment of the subject with some really out there beats, uh, you know, frequently it, it, it's one of the few semi mainstream. I don't really know how mainstream, like I really don't know how my mainstream Danny Brown is, but um, uh, he, for somebody who's in the mainstream at all, these are remarkably off putting songs. A lot of times, I mean, sometimes it bumps and sometimes it's all just like more punk rock than anything. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not designed to be uh, the most listenable album. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it it does, uh, it's, you know, amazing and at times even beautiful, but uh, it doesn't uh, necessarily, um, it's kind of intense. It's hard, It would be hard to listen to this in the background at any time. Yeah, um, and you're also not like banging this in your uh, Escalade as you go to the club or anything. Yeah, and I think I agree with you. I mean, he does. Um, he's probably very more real than um, most uh, rappers pretend to be about lifestyle. And when mm-hmm. he is talking about, you know, um, uh, killing you with a machete, it seems like <laughs> it really seems like a wild drug fueled craziness uh not mm-hmm. like you know he's a professional assassin uh yeah. which is what comes across in many other uh such tracks nor um, does it sound like 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 blustering kayfabe like it does on a lot of them either it right. sounds like this guy is actually tormented by what he's been through yes if and if you come up to with him when he's had the wrong combination of uh uh drugs he may in fact be <laughs> dangerous the wrong combination of 12 different drugs yes yes exactly <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, but he's remains, uh, I think that honesty, uh, makes him extremely likable mm-hmm. and, and he, he has that quality, um, maybe more than any of the other rappers that I listen to. Um, even though there's a lot of, uh, fun ones and ones that seem like they're, um, 
having a, a good time while they're rapping or are a little more inviting in their lyrics. Danny Brown seems like just like a cool guy. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely want to hang out with Danny Brown. Yes. Um, I might not survive for any number of reasons, but I would want to die that way if I had to. Um, yeah, either either doing what Danny Brown tells you to do or refusing to tell what he, do what he wants you to do. Both are very dangerous. Yeah, or just, you know, being in the situations one finds oneself in with Danny Brown. Yes. <laughs> just being nearby. Yeah, <laughs> not not a peaceful environment, I don't think. He's, he's um, one of those guys where you're like in the the limo with him, and all of a sudden, like before you know it, he's driving the limo, <laughs> <laughs> and getting head. Yeah, <laughs> and you're not on a road anymore, <laughs> and he's like, "Here, smoke this blunt." <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> final th- comment. Um, I think all these elements we've been talking about really elevate his work and particularly on this album. I mean, he's been sort of moving, he's been doing these sort of themes, uh, on both of his previous full length releases, but, um, here it really comes together into something that I think is, is really art of the highest order. Um, which, uh, even among, among my favorite rappers, uh, it's sort of rare. Um, you know, Kendrick Lamar comes to mind, but not a whole lot of others. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, he, that's why he is one of the best and mm. probably we could be having a discussion about whether he is the best rapper if we weren't, uh, if we didn't have, um, Kendrick Lamar and Vince Staples around too. Exactly. I, I think he's my second favorite and it's, it's, in in any other era, you know, he's like Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo being second best to Leo Messi. Uh, any other era, he would probably be my favorite. There you go. Um, um, wait, is Ronaldo your second favorite soccer player? No, I don't even like him that much. Oh, he is clearly the second best yes, yes. soccer player right yes. now. Yeah, very true. And and one of the all time greats, but not even close to being the best of his time. So right, bummer for him. Yes. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, so that was uh, that. That might be my favorite album of the quarter. I don't know if you're going to reveal yours at any point yet. Um, when we get to it, I will. Um, but that okay. that is probably in my top three, maybe mm-hmm. top, maybe my second favorite. Very nice. Yeah. Um, okay, what's next? Um, all right, if you're throwing it on me, I'm going to go with something. Shit, none of my music is is not intense. Uh, let's go with Ginny Evol, which is at least a little softer in its intensity. Okay. Uh, so this is going to be Blood Bitch by Ginny Evol, which is a track we've... Or, no, sorry. The album is Blood Bitch. The track is Female Vampire. Ah, yes. Yeah. We may yeah. have listened to that track already, but it was a while I think we ago. Did. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we don't care. No. You guys can listen to it again. That was like eight months ago. Yeah, you can have your zero dollars back. <laughs> Here we go.
that was Jenny Haval with female vampires. Vampire? Yes. Vampire. Vampire. Okay. She is only one vampire, not one multiple. vampire. Well, it might be a yeah. song about multiple female vampires. No. Or um. Vampira, <laughs> as we say <laughs> on my Gamergate forums. <laughs> uh, I don't think this is a big popular album amongst uh, the Gamergate crowd. Um, the album again is Blood Bitch. Uh, so the uh, you might think, oh, Blood Bitch, vamp- female vampire. I get what's going on here, but there's a double entendre because the album is also about um, menstruating. Um, so uh, <laughs> indeed, um, uh, this uh, this episode might be subtitled uh, "Paul Wakes Up" because this is one of two extremely feminist albums I picked this quarter. Um, and, uh, uh, I don't know. At first when I listened to this album, I thought it was good, but I didn't know if I liked it as much as her, uh, previous two, which are also both excellent sort of weird art pop like that. Uh huh. But, um, I don't know. It grew on me, uh, as I listened to it a couple more times. And, um, uh, it's, uh, what I like about it is a, it's, um, it's pretty, uh, ooh, I was about to modify the word unique. It is unique. Um, <laughs> and, That's hard uh, to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know. It just really, um, anything this weird is going to probably appeal to me. And when you combine it with uh, actually good songwriting and, you know, just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's something about the, the Norse when they get weird that appeals to me. Uh, something icy and yet human at the same time. You know, there's something about the Norse uh, when they get weird that can sound the same to me. (laughs) Also true. (laughs) And I think that on this album, I, like you said, uh, just did not like it as much as her um, previous albums and and never quite got over that hump with it, uh, which is Mm -hmm. why I see it as a good album, but maybe not one of my favorite from this quarter. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. That being um, said, it does uh, all the fun things, uh, the fun, <laughs> not fun things that uh, Jenny Haval does with her art pop. Uh, and it's certainly uh, a well-executed, thoughtful, interesting work. For sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't have too much more to say about it, really. It's... Uh, uh, it's hard to do, uh, as we discussed on a recent episode, it's hard to evoke what makes this album interesting to me just by talking about it. So I encourage everybody to listen to it. Uh, that is sometimes a good review of an album. Indeed. Uh, so um, Paul, what, yeah. um, let's back up. Uh-huh. I did mean to ask you what kind of year do you feel like this is in music? If you buy into that construct at all. Ah, see, that's the kind of thing I don't usually buy into, but man, well, I do the, not have a good answer to that question. Because <laughs> um, uh, my favorite albums are, you know, like an indie rock album and a few rap albums. I, there's not really a lot of themes I can draw on. If you have one, throw it at me. Obviously, there's a lot of political stuff going on, and this is an example. But. My theme would be that uh, I think it's been a good year uh, or period, I think this year has um, maybe uh, is a nice um, indicator that we are at a strong point for both indie rock 
and hip hop. And I think between them pop as well. Um, Mm -hmm. certainly indie pop. Um, and it's showing, I mean, I think, uh, there might be some, bias because now because of this very podcast i am maybe paying a little more attention to the albums that are like you know outside mm-hmm. of my top five for the year um but uh i just think that you know danny brown uh car seat headrest radiohead always tilts a year but you know um a tilts a year in in favor of it being uh above average um, yeah, but um, yeah, and then I, all the the albums on this list from, you know, um, I won't give them away, but there it's a <laughs> it's a wide variety of music, and it's all uh, uh, really good. Yeah, there it does seem like there's been an, a ridiculous uh, proportion of my favorite artists all releasing albums this year that were all good, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between Radiohead and Kendrick and uh swans and uh avalanches avalanches and apex twin yeah uh it's there's a lot of my very favorite artists the only ones who aren't haven't really released anything this year are that i would think of off the top of my head as i do this right now are joanna newsom and sufjan who both released albums last year so yeah well Um, i think that i think that maybe there's something to be said that there's a feeling of decadence right now Mm. and i think there is a lot of doom in the air (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of unfortunately, and I don't. Unfortunately, I don't mean MF Doom. Um, uh, and oh yeah, he hasn't released an album. I it's guess true. Um, and I think <laughs> artists are kind of inspired to um, uh, get their good stuff out right now. Maybe so. Maybe. Um, um, just for the record, we are recording this two nights before Donald Trump becomes. Uh, ascends to the presidency that he will not relinquish until he dies chancellor of the american (laughs) lands exactly oh god um (laughs) that's fine that way i've always wanted to name my son chancellor and now i have an (laughs) excuse and i've always wanted to move to an artificial island in the pacific and i will have an excuse i it's Uh, i mean the trash island is already there yeah we just have to get our children there um, we'll have our if Donald Trump wins, we're gonna have our friend Phil on to talk about uh, all the different dystopia dystopias he's read about in um, the cyberpunk novels he loves. That would be excellent. Which cyberpunk do we live in? Right, right. <laughs> um, and why is it Snow Crash? Um, okay, let's Snow th- Crash. Snow Crash is. Ba- uh, we're, I'm not gonna get into that. Never mind. Yeah, I'm Snow not Crash sure it's is a dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It's uh well, yes, it more portrays the um it's different for sure. I don't yeah. know. It's not a utopia, that's for sure. Um anyway, moving on. <laughs> um okay, what are we going to listen to next? I guess it's, it's time for one of your choices. Jeff. Yeah. Um okay, let's listen to uh Have we listened to a track from Jamila Woods Heaven yet? On the show. I think we did. I, I think, think we, we did. did. Probably right. track two would be. Well, let's listen to uh, "Lonely, Lonely." Then. All right. Here we. Oh no! No let's wait. Go. Let's listen to the title track, "Heaven." All right. Okay.
that was uh, the title track to Jamila Woods' uh, album Heaven with no second mm-hmm. E. Yeah. Um, so, what Paul, is the significance uh, of that dropped E, Joe? Well, what'd you say? I said, what is the significance of that dropped E, do you think? It's a good question. Um, is it like we're almost in heaven? There's something missing from heaven. Oh. And, <laughs> and what that is is an E. <laughs> okay, what were you going to ask me? <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, Paul, that uh, you know normally I like to keep you in suspense, uh, but today I will not. Uh, I feel like, um, you know, just letting myself express myself <laughs> completely. <laughs> so eloquently. I know, I know. Um, I formulated that just for you. Uh, I want to say you. that Jamila Woods' Heaven is actually my favorite album of this quarter. All right. Um, it is, uh, I think, a really unique and beautiful a piece of of art um that is uh at times seems um almost so light that it's going to kind of so thin that it's going to tear but instead it sort of has this nice translucent quality to it um that is completely electrified by the uh very powerful you know, um, black feminist um, uh, lyrics uh, and kind of movement that uh, Jamila Woods uh, brings to her songs. Um, And it's really well produced on top of that. Uh, The beats are, um, have this really elegant flow to them uh, that Mm -hmm. that goes through the whole album and um, really makes it uh, extremely cohesive uh, for what it is. Yeah, that was some uh, buttery 90s style R&B we just listened to. Ooh, buttery, and, uh, is a, buttery is a good word for it. Yeah, um, I know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, really. Um, uh, I don't need to elaborate for two reasons. One being we already discussed this album on a previous episode. And two, you just uh, nailed it, I think, with your description right there. The only reason this didn't make my list is that, uh, for me, this was a really strong quarter. I, I am to you this week that, uh, my initial cut left me with 22 fucking albums. (laughs) Um, and that's just too many. Uh, but, um, this is a great album and, uh, I, I begrudge you nothing in naming it your favorite of the quarter. Um, it's great. Delightful. Um, okay. (laughs) Heavenly. Uh, I don't even have a joke there. Um, what are we listening to next? Let's go to um, something less buttery, namely uh, Pills Album Convenience, from which I will play you the track when I look up the name here. Oh, yeah. Love and Other Liquids. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Thank you. 
That again was uh, Love and Other Liquids by Pill. This is a band I had uh, never heard of before uh, I listened to this album. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're a quartet from Brooklyn. Um, And uh, this is what... Uh, this is what I wish all punk rock uh, would aspire to being like <laughs> this, <laughs> this interesting. Um, I'm not a huge punk rock fan, mostly because uh, your feelings can't make up for your lack of chords. But um, uh, the uh, the music on this is just brilliant. I love their rhythms, and I love. Uh, especially the tenor saxophone on all these tracks. You know, the saxophone was basically um, murdered in a very gruesome fashion in the 80s, such that it was just <laughs> wow. thrown out of... <laughs> it was just thrown out of rock music altogether for uh, two or three decades there, with good reason, because um, it, it truly was an abomination what was done with the instrument back then. Bon Iver brought it back. <laughs> yeah um among others there you know uh it's it's big in like hip-hop and dance music now well you know, yeah that and, and then mac lamore and ryan lewis song a couple few years ago and a lot of it was actually uh, a lot of grunge uh bands picked up on the sax uh with uh morphine perhaps being the most famous ah uh, true yeah um but uh uh here it's just it's just great um that that opening sample from that track we just played is just crying out to be sampled so much so that, um, I might sample it. Um, but, uh, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I, when I played this album in preparation for this podcast, I didn't remember how good it was. And then as I was listening, I was like, damn, I, I can't keep it off my list. So, um, yeah, that, and then this is the other super political album, uh, I picked this quarter, uh, and uh, Veronica Torres, the lead singer, um, is you know reasonably eloquent, bringing uh, uh, issues of gender and uh, left wingism into uh, their exceedingly um, uh, at times abrasive uh, art punk. Uh, that was probably one of the more easy listening tracks that we just used. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, <laughs> a lot of them are really <laughs> in your face. Uh, yeah, but I love those too. Um, so, uh, we just recovered from my computer crashing everybody. Sorry for that. Um, uh, it was more painful for Joe than it will be for you. Thanks to the magic of editing. Uh, another, uh, um, refund of $0 will be credited to all our (laughs) listeners account, uh, for this inconvenience, uh, of which there really is none, uh, except for us talking about it right now when we really could have just pretended that it never happened. Yeah, but it would have been awkward to uh, thematically tie it in. So I thought, let's just be let's just be radically honest with our readers. How very punk of you, Paul! So so fitting for Pills' album. Indeed. Um, Fuck! I keep saying that word. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our next album, Joe, which is your choice. Wait, I actually didn't say anything about Pill. Whatever. I don't care. No, (laughs) uh, give us your opinion. Um, Thank you. Uh, thank you for your permission uh, to talk about this uh, extremely woke punk album. Um, mm-hmm. All of these albums are woke. That's the theme of this year. Uh, just woke, one woke jam mm-hmm. after another. I've 275 days of no sleep so far. There we go. Um, I have enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed this album. Uh, I'm glad that I got a chance to listen to it. Um, uh, you know, it it is, 
it's extremely punk. It's extremely art punk. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it, uh, I think it's so specifically aggressive that a lot of times it feels more like a statement than a record. Sure. Um, and I feel that it is, um, the type of hardcore that music critics love, um, that we liked. I don't know. I, I think it might be targeted a little too precisely for us to enjoy, Um, I'm not necessarily getting as much organic energy from it as I want. Um, but, uh, this is extremely useful resource anyway, especially if you're in a mood to righteously break something. Um, and it's a lot of fun too. Uh, like the song Mm -hmm. fetish queen, uh, Mm -hmm. it's also funny. And of course there's the (laughs) sex with Santa, um, (laughs) instrumental freak out. Yeah. I think ultimately that like, I'm, I'm, probably am always going to tell an album to give me more don't give a fuck and less free jazz Mm -hmm. um uh and and i think the song you played love and other liquids though um like on the other hand that's kind of the contradiction i've faced with this album is that yeah i want less free jazz but then i end up being like a little more interested by those types of songs so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like i want the punk parts to be uh as good as or better as the uh artsy portions yeah um uh yeah and and this might be i think uh as opposed to jenny haval uh i may have found this album a little too political for my (laughs) tastes yeah fair enough um it is definitely super political and that's not really why i love it um i love it because in contrast to you i actually do I, I pretty much can just jam on it. I think this is the 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 cul-de-sac of indie music that does divide us when our tastes do diverge is yes. in that uh, the more um, uh, self-consciously abrasive things are a little bit more up my alley. Um, and uh, yeah, I have no trouble. Like I just listened to this album uh, before this podcast and uh, – I can pretty much just rock out to it and I love it. So um, if you too like abrasive music, listen to it. And if you don't uh, listen to um, something else from this podcast, Um, I will point out though, last point uh, when you say you don't like so much free jazz, I think one of your other choices here uh, that we've discussed before is significantly more free jazz uh, (laughs) than this album. That's a fair point. Um, maybe that's the particular mixing of the flavors of uh, political punk and free jazz that are giving me some trouble here. <laughs> um, is that album uh, Bon Iver's 22 A Million? It is, Joe. Well, why don't we listen to another track from that um, and then discuss it quite briefly as we just talked about it a couple weeks ago. All right. Naming the track of your choice, Joe. Um, I would like to listen to, uh, I really need to start, uh, pulling these up before, um, why don't we listen to, uh, the first song, 22 parentheses over S infinity sign, infinity sign N close yeah. parentheses. I presume that should be pronounced over soon. It should, <laughs> but I wanted people to be able to spell it out in case they were writing in their notebooks, uh along with this podcast real fans already know um all right here we go it might be over soon 
Yes, sir, it was. Uh, Bonavere, uh from his album 22 A Million, uh, first song. Uh, 22 Over Soon. Uh, <laughs> I, I, this album uh, is uh, gorgeous to me. Uh, mm-hmm. it, uh, it sort of uh, has, evokes a very visual sensation uh, mm. of being outside in you know a field or next to a stream or in you know like the the woods uh it just brings that uh, fresh air um when into your uh eyes when you're listening (laughs) to it um and uh i think as i said before uh it's pop music that is completely of this moment Mm-hmm. And that makes it um, uh, a must listen, um, as yeah. it's also created by you know one of the the best songwriters of today. Yeah, uh, all that fresh air—it's in my eyes, um, dude. But it's, uh, it's all about the synesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, totally, actually. Uh, I don't have too much more to say. Um, I find this album, as I said before, very evocative of certain inner states uh, that are really uh, some of the most interesting inner states of sort of, you know, reverie, uh, regret, um, rumination on the past and how it relates to the present. So uh, everybody should listen to this album. Once again, the only reason it's not on my list, it is on my honorable mention list, is just because there were a bunch of albums I liked this quarter. So uh, it's great. Um, uh, I was informed by my wife that uh, the weird numbers and symbols on this album uh, are like the way that he uh, thinks about God and they're like his names <laughs> for God or, or something like that. I, I, I could look it up, but it's it's some sort of religious, um, uh, mm. you know, whatever you call it when you sort of meditate by you know writing out prayers or something like that it's sort of like that sort of performance um which seems just par for the course for bonnevere yeah um (laughs) that's uh some some uh english major wankery if you ask me but (laughs) um, oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) if it enriches the experience for anybody else to know that i'm glad they do now 
Um, uh, it's some E.E. E. Cummings bullshit, let me tell you. E.E. <laughs> e. Cummings at least used letters, damn it. Um, uh, although maybe not. I, I, maybe there is some E.E. E. Cummings where he starts writing hieroglyphs. Uh, all right, so it's my turn, unless you have any final thoughts on Bonneville. Only that someday we should go through and uh, like pick pick like all the greatest poets of the, the 20th century and assign indie rock, or oh. just assign musicians to them. Totally. Um, that's for our, our 20th century poets podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right. Set, uh, lyrical beast. Lyrical. <laughs> uh, lyrical something. Lyrical menagerie. There we go. Uh, let's listen to... Uh, I'll just pick... Uh, let's do... Should we do one of our mutual ones or save those? No, let's do one of those. All right, let's do... Uh, Avalanches. You walk on the subway. You walk on the subway. You walk on the subway. the avalanches uh with subways off their album wildflower which uh paul you and i both picked uh, mm-hmm. one of the albums of the quarter uh and uh although i think the avalanche is releasing new music uh they really would have had to be a track of them murdering someone we knew <laughs> uh, for us to, not to get on board <laughs> yeah it's like the box uh if they murdered somebody i didn't know fine i'll take the avalanches album at that cost um, it's like what's in the box it's like I'm like, and i'm like well it's 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 taylor's head and you're like is the avalanches album in there too I'm like open well, yeah. that shit like just throw the head out of the way we'll deal with it later we have other friends, Joe, but there's only one other Avalanches album. So, it took me a second to figure out which friend to decapitate in that sequence, <laughs> but I feel like Taylor would appreciate it the most. Well, since he likes this album, I think he would be willing to sacrifice yes, himself. He likes for the it. album, and he likes Seven. <laughs> I was, of course, referring to the. Uh, I guess. I guess I accidentally referred to the shitty movie that like re made the twilight zone concept of the someone you know you don't know uh thing. oh right yes right <laughs> yes 
Um, so that would have made more sense if I made the correct reference instead of the derivative one. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, uh, that track I think encapsulates what's great about the avalanches, which is just real good analog, soft, uh, feel good grooves that you can jam out to. Yeah, and um, it's triumphant music. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the first album had that sort of uh, inherent, um, like, hashtag winning uh, to it. <laughs> um, no, no, it was, it. they're just happy, which is a word mm-hmm. I seem to have used a few times on this podcast. Um, but they seem to be having a great time. Uh, throwing a very uh, positive vibe party, um, uh, both on their last album 15 years ago and on this one. And Mm -hmm. I I, I was thinking, I mean, there are a lot of artists that I would be happy if their next album, you know, or if they'd released an album that was just the same as their last one. Um, But the avalanches may be the only artist that that was like the best possible outcome. <laughs> yeah, it is very similar in sound and and construction of course. I do feel like I, the mood feels a little different to me. This one is more like self-consciously uh, uh sort of backwards looking. Maybe that's just because I am older and more self-consciously backwards looking now. Um Whereas I was in the bloom of my youth uh, last time around. Well, but, they do um, they do use samples from a lot of the same uh, eras, eras, yeah. and of course those eras are now even older. Uh, yeah, have been beaten back even yeah. farther into the past. <laughs> more more ceaselessly, <laughs> so much more ceaselessly. <laughs> oh man, it is literary reference, Savage Beast today. Um, what can I say? I was at, uh, um, Wordstock, the Portland book festival this weekend. Excellent. It's going to get all kinds of literary up in here. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Uh, well that's, uh, again, an album that we discussed before. So, uh, um, let's, let's move on to our next one, Joe, which, uh, it's your turn. Okay. Let's, uh, get real sad and listen to Lucy Dacus, uh, for album, No Burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will listen to uh, the first track, uh, I Don't Want to Be Funny Anymore. All right. I don't want to be funny
Uh, so, Paul, this album reminds me of uh, uh, Rilke's uh, early poems. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> that was uh, Lukey. Lu- Lukey. Lukey. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> wow. I don't know uh, why that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping it in there. That was uh, Lucy Dawkus uh, mm-hmm. from her album No Burden, mm-hmm. uh, which... Um, is the honorary uh, quarterly, I should say, Joe is later to late to discover a cool record uh, <laughs> record um, having come out in late June. Um, and uh, she's uh, she's sad. Uh, she's mm-hmm. um, has uh, that's, that's that's a quality Lucy and I uh, share sometimes. By the way, um, actually, this album came out in February. Wait, what? Yeah, it's misidentified. In some platforms, I saw it listed with a June date, but it was reviewed in February. Uh, lots of places. Hey, there you go. Um, okay, so she is uh, sad, uh, mm-hmm. and she expresses that in her lyrics, I think, uh, beyond um, what most singer-songwriters who are kind of in her lane uh, are able to do. Um, and, uh, this album reminds me a lot of, uh, Sharon Von Etten, um, mm-hmm. who I am a big fan of, uh, um, you know, her album Tramp is one of my favorites. Um, and there's just this well-controlled darkness that skates, uh, on kind of the thin ice of hopelessness without breaking through. Uh, and, you know, and then there's also, um, you know, some nice, sort of steady, uh, you know, poppy indie rock in there. Um, and uh, she's got a great voice. So this album connected to me, um, and uh, I'm not ashamed to say so. <laughs> Joe, uh, your too short skirt does allow you to be the cute one in Savage Beast, by the way. I just want you to, to know that, that you're fulfilling mm-hmm. that role really well from my mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, I, I, can, um, I can accept that. I can accept that. Uh, I will um, take that as a a compliment. Yeah. On the other hand, I do want you to continue being funny. Um, But uh, this uh, this album is really good. I probably listened to a track from it back in February or whenever, but uh, it did not register, and I appreciate you bringing it back to my attention because this is quality um, rock side of singer-songwriter dumb uh, music that, um, you know, I think I've said before, I find most singer songwriters boring. So when somebody, uh, does, uh, push through that, um, just the, the tremendous competition for, for making music that's mostly about you and your guitar. Um, uh, it says something about how good they are at songwriting and she's just a real good songwriter. Uh, I wish I (laughs) could express more, uh, clearly why her songs are good, but they're, you know, they're clever and they rock just enough and they're, um, you know, interesting chord progressions and all that. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the end. I think it's, a uh, you know, these albums come along when you've got that great songwriter and there's not much more you can say than, uh, Oh, uh, yeah. this person, um, is quite good at this. Absolutely. Uh, Richmond, Virginia's own. I used to live near Richmond, uh, among many other places I used to live near. So uh, one more slight bonus point for me. Uh, you don't talk much about your Richmond years. Uh, yeah, that's because I was like three. But 
<laughs> it yeah. could be where you first processed music. Yeah, nah, well, maybe, but if it's so, I don't remember it. We lived in like this, uh, we lived out in the country in this town called Beaverdam, and there were, uh, uh, it was an old, old, supposedly haunted uh, house. It was the rectory of the church my dad worked at. And supposedly, the haunting was a very benign one in that there was uh, supposedly a, a dead baby somewhere in the distant past of this rectory. And so if your baby were to wake up crying in the night, the ghost of the mother would come and replace the blankets on the baby uh, to Aww, comfort it. What a I sweet know. ghost. I know. This is Everybody needs wow. a ghost like that. Yeah. We should be killing more babies so future generations can benefit from this kind of ghost. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, don't, please don't make that into a t shirt. <laughs> Come on, Joe. <laughs> it is rather savage. Um, uh, but yeah, also, I had a sweet tree fort that I had to walk through supposedly copperhead infested meadows to get to. Anyway, um, uh, and that's so, why you only have nine toes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's listen to uh, another album we've already discussed at plenty of length, uh, Swans, The Glowing Man. All right. I'm going to play, uh, assuming I remember the title correctly, The World Looks Red, The World Looks Black. Uh, the world looks red the world looks black by swans if you want to listen to the whole track just imagine that repeating for another 15 minutes and occasionally the distortion pedal getting hit um not really it's not quite that simple but um we don't need to rehash uh how much i love swans and how much you find them yeah but um uh, uh if you <laughs> if you find that kind of thing just sort of that uh, endless hypnotic and occasionally thrashing groove interesting, then uh, do not miss out on this Swans album or any of the recent ones. But I have a new way of saying how how they make okay. me mess, so you know. Okay. No, please, I do want to hear that then. <laughs> Paul, I feel like uh, with Swans, uh, I feel like uh, I'm your high school girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> I've decided to date the dark, cool, mysterious... Uh, kind of. Uh, this is this is a, an alternate reality. Paul, who is aware mm-hmm. and listening to the Swans, then mm-hmm. who is uh, kind of uh, 
you know, uh, uh, has a, a pretentious arrogance, uh, and you've forced me to sit not at here. all like the real high school ball. <laughs> <laughs> and you forced me to uh, uh, sit in your car. Uh, we're about ten minutes into a twenty-minute-long Swans track, and I'm like, I mistakenly think it's over. I'm like, oh yeah, that was cool, and you just give me a look like. <laughs> I'm so dumb for thinking the song was over. Um, and then I look over and I see the car of the, um, you know, the beat down uh, nerdy kid with a heart of gold uh, who I turned down. And I think, boy, I bet he'd let me listen to my Dirty Projectors record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the world is a wide and wonderful place where you can listen to shitty, dirty projectors music and I can listen to awesome swans music. There we go. And we can both be happy. Um, yeah, that's a good (laughs) analogy. Um, definitely, uh, based on the two swans shows I've been to, um, your hypothetical, uh, high school girl agrees with practically every other woman in the world that swans is not worth seeing. (laughs) Because it is a sausage fest uh, at a Swans show. Um, props to the to the few uh, hardcore women who do show up. I don't want to erase them, uh, but in fact glorify them for being so awesome. Paul, they don't need to be glorified by you. No, that's indeed not work at all. <laughs> but we, you know, they appreciate your ally. Dumb. Give yeah. women your glory. I always read those tweets out loud just like that. Somehow yeah. my brain just has to convert them into the sounds. I think you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, uh, and you're also supposed to give women your money. Um, we're not far from an album having the hand claps in the title, right? I, I, I'm sure that's already happened on Bandcamp. I mean, I can't believe Bon Iver didn't put some hand claps in a song title. Paul, um, what, do, what do emojis in the title of something do for its uh, SEO? they don't help as far as i know google doesn't index them but they probably will at some point because uh that's all anybody does um all right uh swans has been dispatched and it's your turn joe um okay let's uh listen to something that's very sexual to me uh frank ocean's blonde Mm. yeah yeah Uh the way every day goes every time we've no control if the sky is pink and white if the ground is black and yellow it's the same way you showed me nod my head don't close my eyes halfway on a slow move it's the same way you showed me if you could fly then you'd feel south up north getting cold soon the way it is we're on land so i'm someone to hold true keep you cool when it's still alive won't let you down when it's all ruined just the same way you show me show me you showed me love That was Mr. Frank Ocean from his album Blonde, uh, Pink and White. Um, 
we uh, discussed this album. Wow, we're going to say that for all of them, how we've discussed mm-hmm. the album before. Um, but uh, this... Well, there were a lot of momentous releases this quarter that we had to discuss when they came out. So. That is true. That is true. Um, this is a great album. Um, it is, uh, obviously, since it's on our best albums of <laughs> the quarter list. Um, Frank Ocean... Uh, is um a sort of god of what he does he he (laughs) is a god of making frank ocean music um if i could say that that way and um this album is uh deeply uh sexual uh Mm -hmm. in the in in the uh in an emotional way baby in an emotional (laughs) way um and I, uh, it's just, you put it on and it's just chill. You put it on when you're chill and you want to be chill. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's um, something you can also sit back and contemplate. Um, and it's hard to find pop music that uh, kind of works on both levels uh, in terms of being an album that you can really enjoy listening to as a um just sort of a a physical pop experience and then you know is really rewarding uh when you give it uh that close analysis yeah um so uh uh, if i might take a stab at describing frank ocean music i might say emo r&b maybe yes Um, (laughs) quality you pointed me towards with your calling it emotional but uh uh it's interesting that you described it as chill because I always feel like sort of a background agita, even though the music is is very smooth. Um, uh, Frank Ocean just seems like a not that at peace type of person to me. Um, maybe that's just because I happen to know outside of the album that he, you know, took forever to make this one and um you know that usually suggests that there's some sort of artistic indecision going on Mm -hmm. but um uh whatever the reason uh when i listen to this album i sort of feel that sort of uneasiness and maybe it's also just you know he's got these obvious um uh, the other biographical detail maybe informing that is his sort of uh the fact that he came out you know after everybody sort of already thought he was gay and everything and that also suggests uneasiness with oneself um, but, uh, uh, it's, it's definitely really good music. I, the reason I left it off my list, I think is, uh, sort of the same reason you left Jenny Vall off. I just don't like it quite as much as Channel Orange. I wish there were a few more, uh, just really, um, really, uh, pop songs that really grabbed you and, and just were, uh, great dance songs. It's more of a sort of, um, sit in the dark and listen to it type of album for me. So, um, which is fine, but it didn't quite grab me the same way. Otherwise, uh, I don't want to slag it. It is a really good album and it definitely, um, touches something, uh, in you, uh, because of that sort of uneasiness about, um, that, that comes through. Totally. Uh, I am going to, um, accept the trade Frank Ocean for Jenny Haval. Uh, I think uh, together they'd uh, make a really weird and really cool track. That would actually be awesome. I'm I'm down for that. Yeah. Uh, okay. What do we got next? We have Schoolboy Q. Uh, yes. And I'm gonna play you. 
the song Big Body from his album Blank Face LP. Yeah, you are. Hear ye, hear ye, you son of a bitch. Schoolboy Q in the dog challenge in the motherfucking house. So, uh, get your issue, funky bitch, you slow on your feet. Get your issue, funky bitch, you slow on your feet. Get your issue, funky bitch, you slow on your feet. Man, them niggas ain't hot. Man, them niggas ain't cold. Man, them niggas ain't hot. Man, them niggas ain't cold. Man, that jury ain't froze. Man, them bitches won't go when your money don't grow. Big body, big beans. 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 Stepping in my big blue chucks. Groovy Q, they all wanna fuck. Park the colors at the pump. Hit the switches over speed bumps. Knocking 612s in the trunk. Where the girls with the rump. All the pretty bitches to the front. All you groupie niggas to the back. Put the 50s on the map. Got my Hoover star on the hat. Cause we're grooving like that, yeah, we moving like that. Slagging dick, I should have made racks. Nigga, clean dick in that cat. Got my Jimmy on strap. Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. I love that beat so much, Joe. Um. Um. <laughs> and I love this album. Um, so, uh, uh, Schoolboy Q has been around for a while. He's a, a, a buddy of Kendrick Lamar's. Sort of like the. Um, I don't know, the green arrow to Kendrick's Batman. Um, awesome, but not as awesome. And um, uh, this album, I think he made a little bit more of a step up towards that tier, although not really being there at all. But uh, uh, among unapologetically obscene uh, rappers, uh, Schoolboy Q, um, he definitely has a lot of really quotable lines about being just a depraved person. And... Um, on top of that, the uh, some of the beats on this album are insane, and uh, uh, it's great. He does take some steps here towards um, being a little bit more politically conscience, conscious, which uh, I guess that really is the theme this year or in this quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels a little bit forced to me compared to somebody like Kendrick or or something like that. Like he's like, you know, hmm. It seems like the thing to do now is to talk about how. Um, uh, things need to change and, and all that so forth uh, and so forth, which I'm all in favor of. Um, I'm just saying he doesn't quite do it as well. Uh, but, um, nonetheless, he doesn't do it badly. And, uh, so I wouldn't, while I wouldn't quite put this up, uh, on the list of the finest art I've listened to this year, it does completely bang. And it's certainly my favorite, like hardcore rap album of the year. Uh, I have to say that I listened to this album uh, for the second time in a very short span of time today, uh, and I am officially upgrading it to my best of the quarter list as Woo! well. Um, the beats are amazing. Uh, they have a great <laughs> uh, Chronic 2001 vibe mm-hmm. to them at points, uh, just that you know classic Dre sound, I think mixed with a lot of the production uh, that shows up on... Uh, the poppier rappers today, but like used in the best way. Um, uh, I don't like that. A lot of that rap, but you know, we talk about future and that sort of, yeah, I, I just don't like enough about enough of that rap to speak about it authoritatively, but I know, um, that schoolboy Q has heard it and, um, uh, done some better things with it. There's just a lot of great songs on here. Uh, uh, big body was probably the song I was going to, uh, ask you to play. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Groovy Tony. Yeah. Wait, say that. 
Groovy Tony was going to be another one I was going to name. Yeah. Um, Dope Dealer, the one with E40. Oh, yeah. Um, that E40 verse is crazy. So good. Um, and uh, the Kanye song, uh, that part uh, is um, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's good fucking yeah. rap. And you will, there's, there's a lot of great hooks. There are a lot of great sing-along hooks on it which is um fantastic when paired with rap of this quality yeah i'm also going to call out uh blank face featuring anderson pack who uh has had a great year um and a great couple years going back to him uh being all over dr dre's compton um uh that guy is great and uh yeah this if you if you like mainstream rap um, I think this is definitely among mainstream rap albums the the best the year has to offer. Uh, if you don't count like Kendrick, who is a little too weird to, even though he's very famous and popular, for me to think of him that way, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm actually uh, um, going to listen to this album again after this podcast is over. Mm. I'm anxious for the cast to end. Yeah, take your pants off and jam it. Um, uh, I will. I'll take it all off. <laughs> excellent all right joe let's move along to please please <laughs> let's move along to our last choice which is another mutual one yeah it's uh apex twin the cheetah ep yeah Circle on three, which that sample didn't even really get into what makes that track in this album so great. But uh, uh, we discussed this one before. It's uh, just awesome electronic composition and Aphex Twin remains the best for me. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he is um, he's Aphex Twin and uh, <laughs> like um, maybe uh, it, in what I said about the avalanches is um kind of true for Aphex Twin. He, you know, when he releases and when he does his thing, it's just the best possible result. Um, totally. And here, uh, like I said, when we first uh, reviewed this album, he brings a little more musicality and uh, a sense of direction um, to the music. Uh, I think opens it up a little uh, in a way that uh, makes this album um, catchy. Yeah, as uh, sketchy as as uh, Richard James could be. Yeah, well, he could be super poppy when he tries. Um, yeah, 
and uh, yeah, this is definitely less um, uh, self-consciously complex than uh, than Ciro, um, and uh, that's neither better nor worse from my perspective, but uh, uh, more of a play this for somebody who doesn't know Aphex Twin rather than Ciro or Drooks or something, um, because uh, I don't know if it's just really really fun and also beautiful. Uh, I guess that's what I love about Aphex Twin. It's that he can be um, both uh, uh, fully rewarding in, uh, you know, with with more and more listens and just being original and creative and complex, but also uh, you never lose sight of, um, well, sometimes you do maybe, but for me, (laughs) especially on this album, you never lose sight of just uh, uh, having a great groove and, and good times. Never lose sight of the good times with Aphex Twin. <laughs> and I like that. And I like that. I, I think it would make him laugh to hear that. So, uh, it would. so it's uh, it would be a sound that we would not recognize as laughter, but it would be him <laughs> laughing. I, even more than Danny Brown, I would actually like to hang out with Aphex Twin, even if he might just be totally weird the whole time. Yeah. Um, he would definitely be a huge dick to you just because he could be. <laughs> Also true. You you would want to get him on the right drugs, like you know, after he'd done some quaaludes or something, it'd probably be really good to hang For out with sure. Apex Twin. Um. All right, Joe. That's our quarter. I think we've sort of uh been doing a running summary of the uh, the way we might distill the quarter as we go along. But do you have any collected thoughts on our our favorite albums this this time around? Um. Uh, you mean thoughts as to what they are or what they mean? Yeah, or what's going on, and it just just final thoughts on the best of the quarter. Hot tapes, part trois. Well, I will say that we um, we noted uh, in hot tapes part deux that um, it was going to be extremely hard uh, to beat uh, "Teens of Denial" by Car Seat Headrest as mm-hmm. album of the year. It's in the lead. Um, I think that um, many of these albums got closer than I thought um to that but that they in the end um uh teens of denial is still um my uh favorite of the year but i wouldn't be surprised if i end up picking one of these as my second favorite um that there i need to listen to them all some more but um i think in particular danny brown jamila woods Mm -hmm. um could end up in that coveted silver medal spot yeah, uh, I I agree entirely. Teens of Denial is still just it just feels like a fucking monument of rock um, already, uh, and it did basically the second time I listened to it. Um, and I'm going to see him on Wednesday, so I am pumped for you them. Lucky bastard. Yeah. Um, I may in fact be seeing Jenny Haval soon, but oh really? Yeah. Is she touring the U.S.? She is. Ah, I need to look into that um excellent excellent probably Uh, she's not wasting her time on tucson everybody seems to have shifted to going to phoenix which after i saw heinz there uh, a couple weeks ago uh i see why because they actually have crowds there so um, (laughs) how was heinz heinz was cool uh far and away by many miles the most adorable indie rock band i have ever seen live i um Um, (laughs) i had the same thought after i saw them (laughs) yeah they're just i mean i don't mean to to diminish or or patronize them when i say that they are super cute 
Um, no, she or, was. Um, she. I will say this. Um, my wife um, was buying a Hein sweatshirt after the show, uh, and she went to buy it from the lead singer um, and found that my uh, wife, I believe, wanted a medium, and they only had large or extra large. And the uh, lead singer, uh, who was adorable about it, uh, handed her the sweatshirt and said, "L is cool." I wear L. <laughs> yeah, that that was the other funny thing is I had completely forgotten they were Spanish, and uh, their accents uh, are a big part of their adorability. They're um, they're just a really cool band, and um, uh, <laughs> they they look like they're sixteen, uh, which is makes for a nice uh, frizz on with the fact that they're like chugging beers while they play. Yeah, um, they seem to also be badass. Um, yeah, and good songs. And great role models. I will say this: the venue I saw them in was like a uh, basement uh, bar club that I'd never been to before up in Phoenix, and um, uh, they had it partitioned so there was a, an under twenty-one area to the side, and that place was just like full of high school girls. So I'm glad that the high school girls have a great band to identify with and look up to, like that. I'm not a big fan of that part that those kinds of shows where they have like. If you have a beer, you have to stand on like the right side of the stage. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, it, it was fairly seamless. I mean, there was just like an alley on the side of the basement that was had a separate entrance, so I didn't have to deal with it at all, except be like, "Oh yeah, that's where all the jailbait is." Um, so, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, it was a fun show. Uh, opening for them was an Australian band that was. Uh, uh, a guy on guitar and a woman playing literally the most basic drumming I have ever seen in a professional rock show. She was just standing up and she had a tom on one hand and a snare on the other. And uh, that it was like, it was like, how can I be even more lo-fi than Meg White? And I have discovered how. What band was this? Uh, what was their name? It was... Uh, French Girls, I think, was the name of the band. Uh, okay, decent, they, decent they, name. Yeah, they were, they were pretty fun. I mean, despite that, what I just described, they were pretty fun. You know, it was just like shout along punk rock, and you know that makes for a good opening band. So, uh, well done on their part. They had a lot of good energy. Um, okay, well, that I think concludes my thoughts on the quarter. Yeah, uh, I do have some thoughts on why I did not pick Warpaint for this list, but. You need to listen to that album again so we can discuss. Yeah, and also we need to do it on a podcast that isn't super fucking long. Um, yes, how did we manage to do this again? I feel like we were flying through these. <laughs> it's uh, the nature of reviewing like 12 albums uh, or nine or whatever we did. Fair anyway, um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, as always, you can get at us at Savage Beast Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at savagebeastpod at gmail.com and find us on the web savagebeastpod.com. Also, we encourage you to rate and review us on iTunes because that will not only make us feel good, but also help iTunes force us down the throats of other possible listeners in the future. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to our friend Jacob Alzamora, who uh, uh, commissioned us to create a party playlist for him uh, on a a bro down he was going to and we ended up um i think sort of randomly throwing together like 40 awesome party tracks for him and uh anyway thank you for your support and engagement jacob yeah and we are um thinking about putting together a 
Patreon system for mm-hmm. others to contribute. Um, so if you have an idea of the kind of Savage Beast premium content you would enjoy paying for, uh, let us know on Twitter, our email address that we never check, or uh, <laughs> by uh, just kind of, um, you know, uh, yelling it at us on the street if you happen to walk by us. That would be good. Uh, thanks, everybody. Good, good night, night, Joe.